0: This is Lampshade Media Presents Live.
1: All right, welcome everybody. How you
2: doing? Yeah,
1: yeah. I would say welcome to Lampshade Media Presents, but our voiceover guy Austin Hoover does such a good job. But I kind of just did it anyway, I guess. So <laughs> I got a couple of things to say up front. First of all, I wanna thank my buddy Zach James over at Paddy Wagon for hooking us up with food yet again. This guy is glorious and uh, delicious food, and we thank you very much. And I also want to thank my uh, unnamed buddy who uh, took this, uh, this uh, CBC off the back of a truck somewhere in downtown Columbus. I have no idea how it arrived here, but it's in, our, it's in our kitchen now. we got seven cases over there, so that's pretty rad. So I want to thank him, whoever he may be. In any case, I want to thank Catherine Lindsay Photography right here for shooting all the beautiful shots. Yeah. And uh, didn't mean to cut that off. Sorry. Um, I want to thank my, my roommate. You might know him as my roommate, but his name is actually Tyson. Tyson. This show wouldn't happen without Tyson because he knows how to work all the, 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 the weird mechanical things and keep me from knocking things apart. Um, I also want to thank Griffin Browning, who's going, to be doing, uh, who's going to be doing our graphic design, which I'm very excited about. If you've seen the Gremlin posters, he's done those, and he's... Pretty rad, so we're getting some, uh, some cool stuff happening. We are gonna have a QA after the show, so be ready for that. Get your questions ready, listeners. Get ready to hear our interesting questions because we're all thinking right now so hard about what to ask. <laughs> so that's all I've got for announcements. That's all of our bookkeeping. Right now, I want to introduce to you Olivia Smith. Olivia has a show coming up on September 13th. K, thanks. Bye. This is gonna be at Upfront. You guys ever been to Upfront? Anybody? Yeah, Shadow Box up front down in, uh, down in the Brewery District. This is a great venue, great bar and restaurant. And on September 13th, you're going to be able to see Olivia doing K Thanks Bye. And here she is.
3: Hello, everyone. This is so high up.
1: Such a bad-
3: Really nailing it so far, Mel, am I right? No, just kidding. Um, Hi, what's up? It's Olivia. It is hot girl summer and I am sweaty, you guys. (laughs) Uh, It's hot, the weather is so hot. I'm probably gonna blow it in the bathroom later. It's that hot, like it's so bad. Um, My name's Olivia. God, this, we're all in this living, I haven't seen this many people gathered in a living room since I was in the youth group in high school. Part of me feels like we're all going to start praying.
2: <laughs>
3: so let's not do that. Uh, I'm Olivia. Uh, I recently got my eyebrow double pierced, uh, mainly because I just like want men to stop talking to me. <laughs> like, can't you tell I'm gay, you know? Um, my mom asked me, she was like, did that hurt? And I said, yes. And she said, if the first one hurt, why'd you get the second one? I was like, you had three C-sections. Like, what are you talking about, you know? Like, back off, right? Um, uh, speaking of kids, I, I don't want kids. They kind of scare me. Like, they're really cute and they're really fun, but they're also terrifying. Um, a, nothing should be able to bounce that much. But B, <laughs> B, I was talking to this five-year-old, and I was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, a truck driver like a truck driver, five years old. Like, what a young age to be so interested in sex trafficking, right? Like, that is so strange. (laughs) That's a rough one. Um, I I I also like, at what age do you tell a child that them and everyone they know and love will die one day? That's a legitimate question that I have. Someone once told me six months, years, therapy sessions, like six what? You know, that doesn't help me at all. Um, Speaking of children, I I was listening to the radio and I flipped to a channel that was playing a Once Upon a Child commercial, but I flipped to it like half a second after it started, so all I heard was, pawn a child. (laughs) I guess that's one way to pay rent, I don't know. (laughs) It seems a little drastic. Um, God damn, I was, uh, I drove here Cause not to brag, but I can drive. Um, I, um, I'm not gonna tell my mom about the small fender bender I got in earlier today, where I fucked up my license plate. But my mom is in the audience, so she now knows about the small fender bender I got in this morning, where I fucked up my license plate. I was I was driving here, and some like weird shit happened. First of all, I was driving with my windows down because I'm carefree, and um, some litter flew into my open window, into my car. I'm sorry, but what kind of cosmic bullshit is that, right? Like, someone else litters and now it's my problem? Now it's on my plate? Like, is this some sort of, like, God, like, I don't know, God punishing me for cheating on my high school boyfriend? Like, keep up, God, we're on good terms now, you know?
2: God damn.
3: I also I saw a couple weird things, too, while driving here. I saw, um, I saw a license plate commemorating the War of 1812. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, what, did you serve, you know? <laughs> like why? Why do you have that? Um, but my favorite thing that I saw on the way here was a bumper sticker on someone's car. And I shit you not, it said verbatim, um, what are we going to do about Grandpa? <laughs> On a bus. <laughs> like, I don't know about you, but I think that's a conversation you should have with your family, right? <laughs> like, don't put it on... Like, honk once for nursing home. <laughs> honk twice for the pillow. Ooh,
2: <laughs>
3: I, It's getting dark. We're going there, and it's gonna be great, y'all. Oh, don't pretend like all of you are like, I don't know, once I hit 80, just, like, put me down. Like, come on, that ha- that can't be just me. Like... I'm just kidding. I'm, guys, I'm kidding. We all know I won't make it past 40. Like, let's be honest. Um, wow. So I, um, I'm a cleaning lady. My job, I'm a cleaning lady, uh, which is great, because I love to steal. So it works out really well. Um, I, uh, I was cleaning this couple's house, and they had like five or six framed pictures of the husband getting his PhD and not a single photo of their child. (laughs) Now, to be fair, I'm not judging them at all because as far as I'm concerned, that's correct, you know? Like, it is very hard to get your PhD, right? It is not very hard to get a child. First of all, playgrounds, but second of all, uh, (laughs) second of all, It's so easy to get a child that people do it accidentally, right? (laughs) Right? When was the last time you heard of someone accidentally getting their PhD? No, there's no one out there like, I don't know, man, the condom broke and now I have tenure. It's the craziest thing. That doesn't happen. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. (laughs) So, um... My lovely family is here tonight in the front row, Um, so I'm not nervous at all. (laughs) Uh, It's okay, I've talked about having a man come on my chest in front of my mother and father, so I think we're good. I was on stage, I wasn't just like, hey, mom, dad, guess what happened to me? Like, it was for comedy, don't get me wrong. (laughs) I wasn't like, wanna hear about my night? Like, no, no, no. That would ruin family dinner for sure, but, my, growing up, my family was very into country music, so I listened to a ton of country music. Um, and I don't like it anymore because I got something called uh, taste, I would say it's called. But, oh. Uh, uh, no, I don't listen to country music anymore, but I still know all the lyrics. So now I hear a Toby Keith song, and it just like activates the Witcher Soldier in me, you know? <laughs> like, Uncle Sam, put your name. And I'm, like, ready to comply. Like, <laughs> they're, just so, they're just so goddamn patriotic in country music. And I'm like, why? Like, what are you so proud of? Like, like, okay, does this ever happen to you? Are you ever accidentally patriotic? Does that ever happen to you? Like, where you go out of the house and you look down and you're like, oh, I'm wearing red, white, and blue. And I didn't even, like, realize. Like, I guess I got to enlist, you know? But, um... <laughs> <laughs> to happen. It would happen to me all the time when I lived on OSU campus, like during Buckeye games. Like I would go out on a Saturday and be like, oh shit, everyone's wearing scarlet and gray and so am I. Like, what a dick." And I don't, I, I don't want that to make it sound like I'm not into football. I'm very into football. I, I really love it, actually. I'm super into brain damage, so it's really my favorite sport. I'm here to talk about the real issues, you guys. <laughs> of retired NFL players have CTE, but we don't need to talk about it anymore. (laughs) 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 Uh, um, That, like, Buckeye Pride kind of, Ohio Pride astounds me, I'll say. Like, Buckeye Pride, I'm like, sure, if that's your school, that's awesome, but Ohio Pride kind of confuses me. Now, this is coming from a girl who has the outline of Ohio tattooed on her body. I've grown since then, but um, I just like, people, Ohio versus the world, right? There's those hermit shirts. Ohio versus the world. Re- you wanna take on the world? We can't even take on opioids, you guys. Like, yeah. chill out with that, right? <laughs> like, my God, that is a lot to take on. I had, um, fuck, I had talk about earlier today and I do not feel good, you guys. But, well, I haven't had Taco Bell in, like, so long. I think my body's just not used to it. Like, oh, my God. I, I feel like the last time I had Taco Bell was, like, oh, my God, like, Wednesday. Like, it's been so long that I'm just not used to it anymore. But, uh, no, I, I do love Taco Bell. I once went on um, a Taco Bell bender. That's where you eat it every day for a week. There gets to be a point in a Taco Bell bender when you're eating Taco Bell while shitting Taco Bell. And when you you can look yourself in a mirror and realize you've become nothing more than a quesarito basketball hoop, (laughs) you know you need to make some life changes, right? It's pretty bad at that point. Um, So uh, I'm bisexual, um, or as I call it, diet gay. um, Which, which means which means that i like women and have disappointing sex with men that's what bisexual means sometimes i'm like dude it is a clitoris not a scratch off ticket right ladies am i right
2: I KNOW YOU HAVEN'T CLEANED
3: YOUR FINGERNAILS IN SIX MONTHS. LIKE, GET THAT SHIT AWAY FROM ME. IT'S (laughs) A BIG OLD YEAST INFECTION WAITING TO HAPPEN. Um, (laughs) ALL THE MEN IN THE ROOM ARE NOT AMUSED. AND THE LADIES ARE LIKE, OH, HELL YEAH! (laughs) Uh, NO, I'M BISEXUAL, SO um, I DO THINGS LIKE GET REALLY HIGH AT 3AM AND ACCIDENTALLY SUBSCRIBE TO A PREMIUM MEMBERSHIP TO A LESBIAN DATING APP. Uh, I wish that was a joke because I would have $12 that I, that I do not have right now. Um, this lesbian dating app, it likes to send you these little messages of, it basically conversation starters that you can use. It suggests intros to start conversations. This lesbian dating app wanted me to start a conversation with another lesbian by saying, when do you think is the right time to move in with your partner? <laughs> Jesus Christ, you guys. Like, this is why stereotypes exist, right? And for any of you in the room who don't know the stereotype, um, I see we have some gay people. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's true, I go to queer crowds and they love that joke and then straight clouds just like stare at me. Um, but for any of you who don't know the stereotype of the U-Haul lesbian, um, I'll just explain it to you this way. That would be like if J-Date, the Jewish dating app, was like, here's five cheap date ideas, you know? Like, it's really leaning into it. It's just not appropriate, it's just not appropriate. <laughs> no, <my God. laughs> uh, I came out um, as by about a year and a half ago. Um, which is funny because my best friend was like, you've been seeing girls for like two years on Tinder and I'm like, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, my coming out story, like my, the process of coming out for me was almost like, I guess like, have you ever felt too supported? You know what I mean? Like I have the kind of mom who, I could run a money laundering scheme and she would be like, she has always been so good at math, you know? like, <laughs> like Sometimes I want her to tell me she's disappointed in me as like a palate cleanser, right? Um, Like smelling coffee after a perfume, you know? Um, Like, Okay, so I told my two older sisters that I was bisexual. Um, I um, texted them because I am afraid of human interaction in real life. So I texted them and I said, hey, I just want you to know I'm bisexual. And one of them goes, oh, cool, me too. So, like, even my fucking sexuality is a hand-me-down, which is bullshit. Like, I just want to be unique, you know? (laughs) The youngest of three girls just look at me, damn it. Why do you think I do this? (laughs) Um, I am um, not very good at romance, which I'm sure is a big shocker to all of you but uh, it doesn't work out well for me. I get very very jealous pretty easy. Like I was dating this guy and um, he took me to this party, right, and he would not stop talking to this other girl the entire night, the whole night. As soon as we left the party, I dumped him. I'm like, I don't play these games, we're over. He was like, Olivia, that was a family reunion, but like... (laughs) I'm like, I don't care if she's your cousin. I know you think she's hotter than me, you know? Like, fuck that. Um, I get you. Ch- I, I, I get attached quickly. It's just like, I have a whole lot of issues. Like, I'll make out with some guy in the bathroom of a bar and then walk out on the street and Google, like, how to open up a joint account. Like, it's just too fast. I can't take it slow. Um, the worst thing to me about dating is the stupid advice everyone gives you, right? First of all, they like to say, uh, just wait. Just wait and the right person will come along. Just stop looking. Which is like the only time in which passivity is considered a good advice. Like imagine giving that advice to anyone in any other situation, right? Like, listen, I know you want this bone marrow transplant, but you're acting kind of desperate for it. Like like just relax and the right donor will come along. Like like hopefully before you're dead. Like it's not, it's not cute. And the other thing people say is there's plenty of fish in the sea, right? You hear that all the time. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Do you know what else is in the sea? Billions of pounds of trash. And I am just, apparently that was a slow burn, but I liked it. Um, And I am just an anxious little duckling covered in oil with a shopping bag tied around my neck waiting for someone to come along with some scissors and some Don dish soap and some positive affirmation, right? I don't think that's too much to ask, personally, but apparently it is. Um, so, romance doesn't work out for me, but um, you know, I do all right. Like, not to brag, but I did recently get chlamydia. So, <laughs> that's right, I fuck. Uh, <laughs> Irresponsibly, apparently. Um, Yeah, I got um, chlamydia, and people say that, people say, you know, the hardest part of any STD is having to tell all your previous partners to go get checked, right? I thought it was a very easy process. I made a group chat. And uh, it, it was just so easy, painless, Got it over with real quick. The reason that I um, got chlamydia, the reason I've been you know, sleeping around so much is because I recently downloaded Tinder. We all know Tinder, right? Uh, great app, right, ladies? We get the best messages on there, am I right, right? Uh, like this one guy messaged me and he was like, you must be an elevator, because I want to go down on you. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's charming. <laughs> uh, so I was like, well, you must be a yeast infection because you've made me uncomfortable, and I want you nowhere near my vagina. <laughs> uh, this other guy, uh, in, his, in his profile, it said, um, one hop this time, right foot two stumps. And then it said, if you don't know where that's from, we can't be friends. <laughs> I really saw this. You got. We all know that's from the cha cha slide, right? Like no, who was he trying to weed out, you know? Like what kind of person? Like is he just not interested in anyone who's ever been to like a sixth grade dance or I don't I don't know. Um Tinder's great. My favorite thing I've ever seen on Tinder though was this guy who um in his profile said that he was anti-slavery. Yeah. I'm like it is 2019, fucking finally, you know what I mean? Because ladies, it is so hard to find a good abolitionist these days. Am I right or am I right? There's just nowhere to be found. All the good abolitionists are either gay or taken, you know? Um, 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 I'll do a couple more and get out of here. Uh, I. Was driving once again another fun, exciting story from Olivia being able to drive. Um, I saw this billboard and it said, "Why not renters insurance?" It was like a State Farm billboard, and I'm like, "Why not?" <laughs> because unless you can play, pay for that shit in plasma, like I cannot afford that, right? Like, <laughs> and what do I have to insure? Like, I have two porn couches from the '70s, and. <laughs> three vinyl records for which I don't even have a vinyl player, you know? (laughs) Like, I, like, for, to put it into perspective, my aunt and uncle recently lost their house in the California wildfires. It was terrible. They lost all their belongings, all their memories. It was horrible. Um, and if my apartment complex burned down right now, I would be out, like, 50 bucks and two cats. (laughs) Which is only like 80 bucks in total, you know? Like, it's not that bad. It's really not bad. Um, (laughs) I'm gonna go ahead and leave you with this, though. Um, My favorite fun fact is that Jay-Z's album, we all know Jay-Z, the rapper, his album, The Blueprint, came out on September 11th, 2001. That's true. Uh, my only question about that, though, is, like, what time do you think?
2: <laughs> you
3: know? <laughs> like, at what point during that day was he, like, we're being attacked by terrorists right now. Do you know what we need? boy! <laughs> right? right? Like, oh, you're covered in debris? Just go and dust your shoulder off. Thanks, guys. I've been <laughs> Olivia Smith. Give it up for your host, Mel.
1: All right. One more time for Livia. Yeah. All right. You guys having fun?
2: Yeah.
1: All right. Well, we're going to keep rolling. Our next comedian comes to you, Walta Yosef. Have you guys heard of her? Yeah. You're about to. You're about to. And then once you hear her here, you can go and see her every second Tuesday at the Rock and Roll Burlesque at Ace of Cups. You guys know Ace of Cups? Yeah. This is another venue everybody needs to check out because it's pretty rad, right? Yeah. The people that know, know. You'll, you'll know soon. So every second Tuesday at Ace of Cups, will she be doing uh, rock and roll, burlesque, or comedy? Only one way to find out. Give it up for Walter Yosef.
4: What's up, guys? Hey. Woo! We we get some food or some drink? Is everyone good right now? We're good, okay. Um, so I've been thinking, it's, it's August right now. Do you guys remember the beginning of the year, January? January 1st, we made a resolution to be better to ourselves this year? How are you guys doing with your news resolutions? Is what I'm asking. Same, yeah. My resolution this year was to quit smoking cigarettes. And I'd been doing good for some time, but then I bought a pack on my way here, smoked three already. (laughs) I'm like, like, fuck it, I'll try again tomorrow. (laughs) It's still this year, you know? Um, And then I was thinking about that, like once a year we decide to better ourselves, we should be doing that regularly. So I've been coming up with daily resolutions for myself. So my most recent daily resolution was, to not say something that I'll regret. Not say something I will have to apologize for afterwards. Because, I don't know if you know me, but I get drunk as fuck. (laughs) And then I talk a lot of shit. (laughs) And then I spend the whole next day doing damage control. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't like that life. I don't wanna be that person anymore. I'm gonna be deliberate with my words, think before I speak. Not say something, I will have to apologize for afterwards. Okay, good. And then I went to the gas station to get a pack of cigarettes, break my other resolution, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I handed the clerk my ID and he looked at it and he was like, oh, happy birthday. I was like, oh yeah, you too. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Fucked it up already. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized it's not even my birthday. What the fuck is this guy on? (laughs) We're both fucked up. (laughs) Um, And I I have another ongoing resolution for myself. So I recently acquired a box of 100 condoms. And I told... (laughs) (laughs) That is the correct response. (laughs) That's what I said too. (laughs) No, but I got a box of 100 condoms, and I told myself I would use all of them before I got into my next relationship. (laughs) Because I want my next relationship to be for keeps, so I have to do all my fucking now. (laughs) All of it. Leave no stone unturned. Turn some of them over several times if I have to. (laughs)
2: Like,
4: fuck it, I'm taking this stone home. (laughs) And it's going pretty good i've used three so far (laughs) and i'll tell you guys how it happened um so (laughs) (laughs)
2: let
4: me tell you what happened (laughs) so i was texting this guy and we were gonna meet at this bar it was close to my house i was like okay good so i went to the bar i'm like texting him and my phone was about to die and so i was like i'm gonna go home grab my charger real quick come back and then i went home i went upstairs to my room i saw my vibrator on my bed I'm like that looks pretty good right now, actually. <laughs> but like it had last night's cum, <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: and I didn't want to deal with that, so I just put a condom on it
2: <laughs> <laughs> and
4: fucking went to town. <laughs> And then I did that two more times. (laughs) So I've used three so far. Operation 100 condoms is going great. I will update you guys when it gets to four. Might be a couple weeks, I don't know. Um, So I troll the internet for sex because I'm a lonely person. And there's a lot of sex on the internet, so it's great, it works out. But there's also a lot of misinformation about people's bodies on the internet. It's very discouraging. And so, I just wanted to come out and give you guys some biological facts about the human body, make sure we are all on the same page, so that we can safely troll the internet for sex together or separately, <laughs> however... <laughs> however, <laughs> however, we decide to continue. So, if you want to know if someone is sexually active, Just stick your thumb in their vagina or anus. Yeah, and if they haven't slapped it away, that means they're sexually active. (laughs) I call that the rule of thumb. It's rule of thumb. It's never let me down. Uh, I have a couple more. Um, if you want to know how old someone is, just take a cross section of their genitals. Yeah, just slice that shit in half. (laughs) You were correct when you heard me. (laughs) Just take a cross section and then count the rings. That will tell you how old they are. I mean, you could ask them too, I guess, but, (laughs) but now we have other methods. Um, If you want to know how many sexual partners someone has had, just measure the length of the vaginal canal or the anal canal, because it's a scientific fact that the vaginal canal or the anal canal elongates with every sexual encounter. It creeps up and up the spinal
2: column
4: (laughs) until it fuses with the brain stem. (laughs) And this is what causes menopause. It is literally the vagina no other way literally the brain telling the vagina to shut that shit down (laughs) party's over (laughs) um and then they they say that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach but i found a quicker way i found a shortcut i found that if you take a knife and just jam it in his chest (laughs) Okay, now you have options. You can go up and down, you can go sideways, you can do a twisty motion, just just do what you feel. Just open up that chest cavity, just uh! His heart will be right fucking there. Every single time, like clockwork. Yeah, I'm a professional at this shit. I have 80 hearts at home, in my freezer. I'm gonna cook them into a stew and eat it because the way to my heart is through my stomach, okay?
2: <laughs>
4: no, you don't stab me, I stab you. No, it's okay, no one's stabbing anyone. <laughs> Wait, on. I feel like we should take the name Ashley out of circulation. There's just too many Ashleys. I have like eight Ashleys saved in my phone. I didn't think to ask for last names. And now I don't know who's who anymore. I wanna hang out with my friend Ashley, I just have to guess, text someone, someone else shows up. I don't even recognize them. It's fucked up, okay? Like, what is the point of your name It's to distinguish you from the next person? But now you all have the same name. That's fucked up. Okay, you guys don't think so. Are you guys all called Ashley? No, it's okay. They're just not here right now. But <laughs> there are a lot of Ashleys. Sometimes I go to I, I go to a bar and I just yell, Mike <laughs> And like three people would be like, huh? <laughs> too many mics, too many mics. My name is Walter. It's the equivalent of Ashley where I'm from. I'm from Eritrea. I have like three cousins named Walter. There's a newspaper named Walter. (laughs) This is true. You can Google it. (laughs) Like you thought my name was unique. It's not, it's basically Ashley. (laughs) Hello, my name is Ashley. (laughs) But I'm from Eritrea. I was born and raised in Kenya, and now I live in America. And whenever people ask me where I'm from, I tell them Columbus because it's true. Yeah. And, and they're like, no, really, where you from? Okay, fine, I'm from Reynoldsburg.
2: <laughs>
4: but then they keep pushing and I'm like, okay, okay, fine. I am African, I am fucking African. I am so African, I've had AIDS three times already. <laughs> but no, I'm kidding, obviously. I think you can only get it once, right? <laughs> I
2: don't moving on
4: (laughs) good call audience good call (laughs) moving on so I went to the bar the other day and this, um, I was talking to this guy and he asked me where I was from and I told him and he was like, oh, welcome to America where nothing is free okay, I didn't know what to say, but thank god he kept going (laughs) thank god He was like, except for this big dick. True story. And I'm like, what do you say to that? Trash is free? (laughs) And I go dumpster diving, so I was fucking this guy. Not proud of it, (laughs) but there I was. (laughs) So I was fucking this guy, and I knew he didn't want to have to pay for condoms because he said to me, I don't want to have to pay for condoms. So I just made him pay for the abortion, right? That's only fair, Like I was trying to tell him, it could have, could have been a $5 fix, not a $500 fix, it's his fault. No, it's okay, that's fucked up, I would never do that. What actually happened is that I was on birth control and I just kept the money. <laughs> even more fucked up uh-huh. go big or go home uh-huh. <laughs> fucking student loans are expensive anyway um but yeah um so when uh when I was living in east africa when i was younger and living in east africa i was raised in a cult raised in a cult and just based on me saying that you might be thinking to yourself "Ooh, some african voodoo bullshit and you would be right you would be right except we called it christianity (laughs) (laughs) a rose by any other name still a fucking rose (laughs) um Yeah, so we called it Christianity. And like, even when I was younger, I realized how absurd this shit was. And I couldn't wait to grow up and escape this controlling environment. And I remember one day I was watching TV and I saw these dudes on TV wearing white robes, hoods over their faces, burning a cross, And I thought to myself, oh shit, these dudes hate Christianity even more than I do. (laughs) These are my people. (laughs) Okay, and then I moved to America and very quickly (laughs) distanced myself from that idea. I'm like, I don't know those people. Um, But yeah, you grow and you learn, and I've learned. Um, So I was hanging out with my friend the other day, and she was like, and and she asked me how I was doing, and I was like, oh, I feel empty inside. And she was like, you should take a walk. So I took her advice. I'm like, well, great. Now I feel empty inside, outside. (laughs) Was that the point, fucking Ashley?
2: <laughs>
4: her name is actually Ashley. <laughs> um, and and uh, a little bit more about Ashley. Uh, she went to get tested for lupus recently because it runs in her family and several of her family members have suffered from lupus and she was worried that that would happen to her too. Um, and she was worried so I went with her to the clinic And I was trying to comfort her. I was like, Ashley, you're only 27 years old. You are not going to die of lupus. You're probably going to die of heroin. (laughs) You should quit doing heroin if you want to die of lupus. Give lupus a chance. She was not very comforted by that thought. But it's okay, the the test results came back. negative, in the clear, no worry, no problem. And so it's all good, don't feel bad for laughing at that joke, you know? Feel bad for laughing before you had that information. Yeah. No, but it's okay, I wrote that joke before I had that information too, so. We're all going to hell. We're all bad people and we're all going to hell. But if you guys are gonna be in hell, it seems like a party, I'd like to go there. (laughs) But so I've lived in America for like 10 years now, and I really like living in America. It truly is the land of the free, like you are free to be whatever kind of person you want to be, you know, you, you have freedom of choice. Unless you are black, brown, gay, trans, Muslim, disabled, or any number of these minority groups, And every day I wake up and I thank the Lord that I'm none of these things. But I'm kidding, obviously, because God doesn't exist. What? (laughs) It's fucked up. No, but I really like living in America. There are a lot of things I can get here that I couldn't get in Kenya, like peanut butter, or a democratically elected government. (laughs) Even though that is seeming less and less likely these days. But like, me and my family left East Africa to escape a war zone, come seek a peaceful life in America. And then we get here, and it's like, surprise, America is also a war zone. I feel like I got catfished. (laughs) That shit is fucking rude. But there's this illusion of freedom that persists. That's what I like about this country. Like, I might be shackled to student debt for the rest of my life, but at least I'm free to drink and smoke as much as I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I come from the kind of culture where it is frowned upon for women to have fun. But my family doesn't really judge me because they all died in the genocide, so.
2: <laughs>
4: Silver linings, you know? <laughs> it's great for me. <laughs> no, it's okay, they're in Reynoldsburg and they really hate that joke.
2: <laughs> so it's okay.
4: This is why they don't come to my shows. They're like, <laughs> like, are you telling people like we're dead? Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
4: no, they're fine. They're fine. Um, no, but I actually quit drinking a couple months ago. Don't get me wrong, I still drink today, but <laughs> <laughs> I left my beer over there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, a couple months ago, I thought it would be a good idea to quit drinking, not not for anything stupid like I got two DUIs or anything. No, it was it was for a real reason. For a real reason. One one night, I got so <laughs> fucked up that I put out a cigarette on my leg, and I didn't realize until the next day. Like, do you know how fucked up you have to be to not notice that your own flesh is singeing? <laughs> Seriously, does anyone know? Cause I blacked out that night and I have no idea. No idea. And like, I'm too old to blame that shit on my parents, you know? Like, fuck it, I did it to myself. But also, Like, I don't want to be the person with two cigarette burns at the same time. So I quit drinking at least until it heals. So that if it happened again, I could be like, oh, whoops. (laughs) How did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Oh, okay. so I remembered the joke now. So I've been black for the past 10 years. Thank you. <laughs> no, and before that, I was just chilling, right? I was just chilling. Because in Kenya, we never used the words black and white in a racial context because we are all just a different shade of brown. And yes, there was the occasional white person. And we called them what they really were. The devil. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We call them tourists. Call them tourists. <laughs> to their faces, the devil behind their backs. And the police would beat them up and someone would film it and put it on YouTube. I'm kidding, that never happened. (laughs) That doesn't happen to white people. Is that uncomfortable? I'm sorry. I keep it moving, keep it moving. Um, So I've lived in America for the past 10 years. I've gained some insights into American culture. I've learned a few things. I found out that for every black person that can swim, there is a white person that can dance. And I can swim, so at least one person here can dance. (laughs) We'll find out later. (laughs) Um, I found out that Rhode Island is not an island. That's fucked up. (laughs) That you call it an island. I'm like, I remember I, I was talking to my friend one time. I was like, I wanna go on a bike trip of the whole United States. Wait, except for Rhode Island, because that's an island, right? And they're like, yeah. (laughs) for like five years I had no idea I thought Rhode Island was an island and I brought it up at a party one time and everyone laughed at me and I was like what's wrong with you guys like I know what I'm talking about and then I looked it up and was like okay don't trust your friends no it's okay the same friend tried to convince me that Cedar Point is a sovereign state (laughs) I'm like, no, I know your tricks now. I will fact check everything you say. She's like, my name is Anna. Is that true? I'm gonna do background check on you. Um, and then, okay, so I discovered the concept of racism living here, because in my country, we're all black. There's no racism. But I came here, and I discovered the concept of racism, and I found out that uh, no one is born being racist. You have to learn that shit. You learn that from someone. I wish I could have taken that class. I, I just recently found out what a kike was. Okay, hear me out. I thought it was a bird. I thought it was a bird. This is exactly the point that I'm trying to make. I wish I had taken that class so that I knew what not to say. I thought it was a fucking bird. Don't look at me like that. You all took that class. <laughs> This is exactly the point that I'm trying to make, okay? (laughs) Um, And then I found out there was a place called Angola in Louisiana. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was a place for African immigrants to come together and seek some kind of community under a shared culture. And then I found out it was a prison. So I guess it is a place for African immigrants to come together and seek some kind of community under a shared culture that's not even a joke that's just something I found on the internet (laughs) Um, and then I found out that the national animal of this country is the bald eagle and it's illegal to kill the bald eagle because it's the national animal I feel like they should make black people the national animal (laughs) If I can already treat, them, already treat them like animals, just put the word national in front of it and now it's illegal to kill them.
2: <laughs>
4: but also like, what did the bald eagle ever do for this country? Besides look majestic. <laughs> it's like black people look majestic and pay taxes, okay? <laughs> it's a lot more than the eagle has ever done for anyone. <laughs> it just looks dumb and eats fish.
2: <laughs>
4: um, okay, so we're gonna switch gears for a second. So I've, in, in my younger years, I experimented with drugs here and there, and okay, you know, there's the good drugs and then there's the bad drugs, so stick to the good drugs. And I've learned a lot of life lessons, just being on the good drugs. For example, uh, weed helped me become more culturally sensitive. So I was hanging out with my friend, Taiwanese Grace. It's important to the story that she's Taiwanese. (laughs) So I'm hanging out with Grace and she just come back from Taiwan and I missed her. I went over to her place and like, we were really high and we were hungry and there was no food in the house. And she went into the next room and brought out all these traditional Taiwanese snacks and she like handed me a bag, I opened it and I'm eating and I'm eating. Halfway through, I realized that I'm eating fucking seaweed. And this shit is delicious. (laughs) Like I didn't know that I liked seaweed before this moment. I would not have had that realization with that weed. Taiwanese food is fucking delicious. Okay, I don't really care about the people, but their food, (laughs) their food is fucking bomb. (laughs) Um, Acid, what acid taught me is that the boundaries between our bodies are imaginary and you should never stop questioning because there is so much more out there to be seen, thought, felt, and heard. And also, I should kill my cat before he tries to kill me and my family. (laughs) (laughs) See the way he looks at me.
2: (laughs) Um,
4: What I learned from doing cocaine is that I should stop doing cocaine. (laughs) 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 Not a good time. (laughs) Um, and that mushrooms. Mushrooms help me become more comfortable with myself as a person. So I was hanging out with my friend White Susan. It's <laughs> like it's not important to the story that she's white. I just tried to be consistent. <laughs> so I'm hanging out with White Susan. We're in the woods, fucking tripping our faces off, and we're smoking a bong. And and halfway through, I like see all these visions, in the corner of my eye. And I close my eyes, just give in to this other world. And then I come back to eventually, and realize that I am wet in the pelvic region. My immediate thought is, this bitch fucking peed on me.
2: <laughs>
4: I'm like, White Susan, did you pee on me? She's like, no, I didn't pee on you. Why would I do that? I'm like, I don't know, something happened. So like in the middle of this exchange, I see I see a butterfly, and I just run to chase it, just Key fiasco forgotten, <laughs> and then at the end of the night, I'm at home. I'm getting ready for bed. I take my pants off. I'm like, I can't believe I peed myself, and I sniff them. <laughs> it was bong water. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fucking
4: bong water. But like, I thought I peed myself, and I was okay with it, you know. <laughs> because mushrooms are fucking amazing. <laughs> you guys have been so much fun. I want, I want to leave you guys on a final parting thought. Final thought. I want everyone here to remember that someone loves you very much, okay? Someone loves you. I'm like, it's, it's not me. <laughs> but I'm sure someone loves you. Don't ever forget that. Thank you so much.
1: All right, give it up again for Walter. Oh, yeah, hell oh, yeah. All right, we are going to take a little break here, but before we do, I want to let you guys know that our next show is September 13th, so I know some of you have already wrote down... and wrote roten. I'm a podcaster. <laughs> Some of you have already wrote in your notes that September 13th, Olivia's playing it, uh, it, it up front, but uh, you know, you're know you gonna have to weigh your options and, and really think about things. I will say that... Uh... <laughs> She's flipping me off right now, I love it. I love it, there's enough room for everybody. You guys make your own decisions, it's okay. But I will say, uh, Olivia, I'm sorry, but we do have uh, Dan Seabree, have you guys heard of him? We well, are fucking about to. We also have Dave and Natalie Berkey. Yeah, um, this is gonna be a killer show, and I'm super excited about it. And it's also on Friday the 13th, so we're gonna get spooky. It's gonna be great. We might even decorate this house. I don't know. I guess that's the season to do it. I don't know. But in any case, we will see you guys in about 10 minutes. Thank you very much. If you're listening to this, we will see you like after whatever interstitial thing we're about to do. So there's two different things happening here. <laughs> we will be back though. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to Lampshade Media Presents Live. Woo! All right. All right. All right, you heard Olivia, you heard Walter. We're about to hear this next performer. And if you don't know who he is, he is uh, kind of a local legend. We talk about it in the, uh, in the, in the uh, podcast interview. If you haven't heard it yet, you're, you're about to. You haven't heard it yet because I haven't released it yet. I've listened to it several times. You're going to fucking love it. All right, he has a uh, he has a show every Wednesday night at eight o'clock at Little Rock, and I've been to this show uh, probably I'd say five or six times, and enjoyed the hell out of myself. Although, like it 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 is like it it's a challenge, like because it is made for hecklers. We don't like we're not really into heckling at Lampshade Media Live, but. But it, every Wednesday night, every Wednesday night at Little Rock at 8 p.m., you can go there and you can like try your wares. And uh, Travis like basically reads your jokes, and then if they're funny, he reads them and you get points and it's a fucking game, but it's also like fun as hell and it's funny as hell. It used to be called Everybody's a comedian, but uh, they're rebranding it now, and now it's called questionable. So keep your eyes on the social medias for questionable. And uh, right now, keep your eyes and ears right the fuck here because Travis Haywisher, which I spelled phonetically in my notes, (laughs) is about to light shit up. Give it up for Travis Haywisher.
0: Thank you so much, Mel, for the introduction. Now, this is gonna be loud, so you guys just have to deal with it. Um, thank you for the, the podcast intro that sounded a little bit like Back to the Future. You don't know it, you haven't heard it yet, but when you hear it, you're gonna lose your fucking mind. Marvin, Marvin. No? All right. I'm 39, fuck all y'all. If, you don't, if you're into Back to the Future shit, you can get the fuck out. You can go to the other stand-up comedy show down the street. Um, Give it up for Olivia. Give it up for Walter. So good. Um, I'm going to start off by telling you guys something very real. Um, My parents are related. Yeah, for real. (laughs) It's it's weird enough to say that shit at a comedy club instead of someone's living room. That's the truth. That's dead-ass serious. Yep. There's a queer woman that opened up the show and then a African immigrant white man still finds a way to stand out. <laughs> Inbred as fuck right here. <laughs> yep. Seriously, I, not only is this the truth about me, but I've known this from a very, very young age. Like, my dad used to crack jokes about it all the time. We were like seven years old. There's nothing to do but kind of like try to laugh it off, I guess. And, uh... <laughs> But I have, I've known about it for a really long time, and I was in, uh, in my fifth grade uh, class. I think they put, me in the, uh, they put me in the gifted and talented class when I was younger, which now I realize I was just the dumbest smart kid. <laughs> they didn't do really anything creative. They were just like, oh, this shit is really advanced. They're probably just like, holy shit, that guy knows every SNL skit by heart. He must be gifted. Um, so I go to this class, and the first project they give us is a genealogy project. Like we want you to trace your entire family history, <laughs> and since I was in fifth grade, I didn't really think like, oh no. <laughs> now I take great delight in what happened next, <laughs> which was me turning in my report, which included like photos of my ancestors, their gravestones, all this stuff, and my poor, poor fifth grade teacher, Miss Carol Thompson. She said uh, I turned in, and she goes. I think you made a mistake here. And I go, no, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I turned into George W. fucking Bush after the Iraq war. I was like, mistakes were made. Uh, (laughs) I assure you, Mrs. Thompson, my research is airtight. This was not my fault. and the weirdest thing is when you get older and you're like, oh shit, this is something that everybody makes jokes about. This is something that is like a common theme. like, ha 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 ha. You know, like parents are probably cousins, like inbred. And I'm like, shit, how do I deal with this? And I, I remember when I was in my early 20s and I thought about it, I had this moment of reflection. And I was like, okay, this is something that everybody makes fun of. Uh, Inbreeding is obviously not great. certainly not recommended and I was like and I went through this whole very like kind of like process and I was like wait but my parents are second cousins and they got married and they had me but that can't be bad because I'm awesome So you see, Mel's living room, whatever the fuck you think inbreeding causes, it's way worse. My parents didn't create some sort of genetic monster. They created a fucking stand-up comedian. Holy shit, that's 10 times worse. Yeah, they're like, "Uh, I'm gonna get on stage when I'm 20 years old and tell people my hot takes about the fucking world. God, that's terrible. What a monster. Um, I do enjoy that as being part of my my personal history, though, because I love everybody's got some story about, like, their parents embarrassing them. Like, their mom, like, picked them up from a party in a minivan and a robe, and I'm just like, yeah, mine fucked her cousin, so... <laughs> Cry me a fucking river. Worse than sex, mine slow danced with her cousin in front of her entire family and then had children. (laughs) That might be weirder than the fucking part. (laughs) Hope you guys enjoy my alcohol setup here. Uh, It's kind of like, for stand up comedians uh, or fans of stand up comedy, it's kind of like Neil Brennan three mics, except it's three alcohols, so. We'll see how the jokes go tonight, whether I hit the IPA, the lemon truly, or the whiskey on ice. Um, Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm the product of uh, inbreeding, so we've moved on from that. Uh, I'm not a monster. I'm not a sociopath. I know that I'm not because once uh, when I broke up with a girl, she said, I think you're a sociopath, and I said, I think you're wrong because that really hurts my feelings. (laughs) Probably the wrong time to get scientific. I think I was just a dick to you. I accept that. You should have been treated better, but let's not get a doctor in on this. Uh, I am married now. Um, my, uh, my mom was funny when I was about to get married. She told my now wife, uh, doing mom shit, trying to make her feel better, she goes, I'll tell you one thing. Travis will never hit you. I was like, uh, could you tell her two things, maybe? (laughs) She's already seen me cry at two episodes of Great British Bake Off. I think she knows that already. Maybe tell her that my credit score is on the way up something to give her some hope. She already knew that. I used to be engaged before her, and once, we get me and my fiancé got into a really terrible fight in the middle of the night, we were both kind of drunk, and I stood up, like, jumped up like a fucking wrestler on the bed, and I was like, fuck this, and just curled up the comforter and threw it against the wall. And I don't know if you guys know the dual look of disappointment on a woman's face when she's like, okay, good, Uh, I'm not in danger, but uh, also, this man will never be able to protect me. In in his greatest moment of anger, he balled up a 200-thread-count comforter, threw it against the wall nearby and watched it just slowly, non-threateningly slink down to the floor. had no idea what to do after that. Uh, I'm gonna be 40 years old in one month. 40 years old. Yeah. Uh, I'm not scared of 40 because... I'm a 39-year-old comedian locally, so it means every time I do a show, some dickhead's up here being like, I'm about to be 30 next year, and I have to wear that. It's always so cute when the comedians are like, I'm about to be 30, and I'm just gonna be so terrible. I'm like, yeah, come to me when your booty call just died. That's what 39 is. That's what happened to me last year. You have no idea what what to do with that situation. I know, what's the oh my god? I don't, know, I don't know what the oh my god is, but I bet you we're on the same page. I'm hoping that you're reacting the way somebody did the last time I told that joke. They're like, oh my god. And I was like, she didn't die in my arms. It was 11 years ago. It's not like, no. Yeah, it wasn't like that. It was just someone I was friends with and we used to fuck. And then later she died and I saw it on Facebook and I was like, ah, what do you do? Uh, we weren't strangers. I guess I could go to the funeral. Maybe try to keep your mouth shut. What would you say? You're like, oh, she was super chill girl. She loved brunch. I don't know. Uh.
2: Don't know.
0: She liked dick. I don't know. Probably not. Nice. weird. There's no way to know that's true because, like all the men Olivia talked about, I've disappointed people during sex every time, so... They always remake movies now, and I feel like they should remake The Notebook for our generation, because we love casual sex, and every day James Garner wakes up and Gina Rowlands is reading to him, he's probably just going to assume, even in his senility, that it's just a one-night stand. <laughs> It's like halfway through the first chapter. He's like, uh, you probably got some stuff to do. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get a lot of work done on Friday. Got a long week ahead of me. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, 39 is fucking weird. Um, I feel like i am been between generations. Like, I look around the room, and I'm just like, I'm older than some people. I'm younger than some people. I don't really know exactly where 39 fits. So it, I find myself being on different sides of yelling at the other generation. (laughs) And someone's like, you goddamn 22-year-olds. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. And I'm like, wait, hold on. You're old as shit. I think I hate you, too. Why are you talking? None of this is relevant to me. Uh, Yeah, 39 is weird. Um, I get really tired of older people talking about how it used to be better back then. Super generic, better back then. Uh, Here's what I like to do. If anybody's over the age of 65 and they say things used to be better, I'm like, hey, didn't you imprison the Japs? Just go go right for the jugular. And I usually follow it up with like, didn't you call Japanese people Japs? So... Yeah, sorry we're on our phones a lot, but uh, we didn't imprison another race of people. Why don't you suck one whole dick, Elmer? We're too lazy for genocide. That's, that's our generation. We're not going to do it. This dude on Facebook, I'm so tired of this whole like trope, this whole meme. We're just like, you know what? Back in the day, I used to ride my bike until midnight, and my parents never locked their doors, and I drank Pepsi all day, and I killed my friend, and I don't know, whatever the fuck. <laughs> Weird fantasy about what it used to be back in the 80s like they're watching stranger things and snuff porn or whatever the fuck goes together And they're just like we did that and we turned out fine. Did you? Did you? It's Thursday at 2:45 p.m. And you're on the internet talking about how things were better before the internet Fuck yourself usually the person that I end up getting into a political argument with on Facebook before I realize that I'm arguing with a photo of a motorcycle. (laughs) There's about a 92% chance. 92% chance if someone has difficulty going with chosen pronouns, at least one of their first three profile photos is of a vehicle. You can call that a stereotype if you want, but that's pretty true in my experience. Ooh, that's a white claw. Yeah, there we go. All right. 38 means I still don't know how to eat properly. Yeah, still working on just regular old diet stuff. Not like getting fat, getting skinny, like just shout out to millennials for eating vegetables. Like kudos to y'all. No one ever told us I was just eating like rolled oats and just milk, like, my whole life. It just basically like a fucking feral hog. 30 30 to 50, right here. All right in there. That's how bad it is. Like, somebody the other day said, oh, my God, I got diarrhea. And I was like, oh, that would be terrible if you actually had to get diarrhea and you stopped having it at some point. Like, oh, this is something that has afflicted you versus, like, that's just the way you shit. So you can learn something from millennials to eat vegetables every once in a while. By the way, I just did a quick scan of the crowd and saw somebody who I'm guessing is 25 laughed, and somebody who was, like, 55 was like,
2: God damn it.
0: George Carlin never talked about diarrhea. These goddamn thirty-nine year
2: olds
0: (laughs) 39-year-olds have no bearing on society or culture. No power. Nobody's mad at our generation. They should be though. They should be mad at my generation is the one that popularized getting a tattoo to celebrate fucking anything, apparently. Just getting a tattoo whenever you want. I have no idea how anybody felt like they were so eternally cool at 18 years old they're gonna commit whatever they're into to their body. That is some confidence I do not know, and I'm a pretty cocky dude. (laughs) Like, I look at me at 34, let alone fucking 18, and the shit that I was into, I don't want that on my body. The best way I can describe this to you guys is I have paid my own money three different times to see John Mayer live in concert. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: Funny for, y- funny for y'all, I gotta live with that every day. <laughs> Could you imagine how much worse it would be if I had to wake up in the morning at 39, look in the mirror, lift up my shirt, and just see on my rib cage? I wanna run through the halls of my high school.
2: <laughs>
0: this body is a wonderland. It'd be like that scene in American History X where Ed Norton pulls up his shirt and sees the swastika. But worse, because nobody likes John Mayer, but Nazis are having a good year, so... If we're doing popularity ranks, I'm just saying, it's a dead heat, uh, dead heat. I have been going to see a doctor, and he has been uh, helping me out a little bit. He has put me on medicinal cigarettes. Uh, Yeah, I was surprised, too. He said I need him to look cool, so I was like, all right. (laughs) Sounds way better than a motorcycle. Um, Who here is of the younger generation, 25 or under? Anyone? Yeah, visual gags for the podcast. Hell yeah. By the way, I should say right now for the podcast listeners, I have been doing this entire uh, set shirtless, so just so you guys know... (laughs) No one here is gonna say it, but feel it. Feel my nipples being exposed to the audience. Uh, Just get into that. The younger generation does fuck up on some things. We are definitely, they're definitely fucking up on CrossFit. Like, CrossFit is killing me, not because it's people getting in good shape, because it's clearly doing factory work in old factories. There's a goddamn 65-year-old guy on the news being like, they shut down all the factories, and some dickhead in Upper Arlington's like, I pay to go do factory work every Saturday, and then I go get a latte. I'm like, dude, they're making you hump tires up and down inside of a fucking abandoned factory. That's factory work. America is not dead yet. I'm pretty sure you could do that for, at the very least, free, maybe you could get health insurance out of it. You're fucking up. We're doing CrossFit. We're doing marathons. That's insane. Running is something you do when predators are nearby. That's fucking it. You should not be running that much. All my white friends who do marathons, they always tease me because I like sports. They're like, oh, what, you watch the Browns? Are you on the Browns? Like, oh, the Browns ruin your Sunday? I'm like, first of all, no, they don't. And Second of all, you're willing to shit yourself in front of a Panera Bread for a medal and some free yogurt. That's way worse than sports. Uh, Like I said, I'm married now, so I don't date anymore, but uh, I used to do the Tinder. It didn't work out very well, probably because I called it the Tinder. Um, That Tinder was my way of finding out that I never knew what my type was, but I realized I was someone's type. Uh, because every single swipe uh, for me was redneck single moms. And I was like, did I not fill out the right box? What happened here? This seems ultra-specific. Like, did they just look at my photo, and they were like, he, likes, he looks like he could put together a swing set and shut the fuck up. i like, the joke's on you, Meemaw. I can't do neither of those things. Uh, None of those things are gonna work. I use that nickname for a reason, uh, since we're all kind of in Ohio right now. Uh, Who here... What do you guys call your, your grandpa or your grandma? Meemaw. Meemaw. God damn it, guys. I've never been a Meemaw, Peepaw, Pampaw, Peepaw fucking guy. I never will be. My grandpa, his name was Arthur. He flew B-20 bombers in the war. I'm not going to call that man Peepaw (laughs) out of respect. Never felt right to me. I know, everyone's like, oh, but I've got a Peepaw. Yes, his name's probably Daryl or some shit. (laughs) Pay him some respect. (laughs) I told that joke once, and this dude uh, who has kids did something that people uh, who have kids do a lot, and bless them, uh, they talked to me in a condescending way. Uh, <laughs> he was like, oh, uh, mm, I don't think you understand. Uh, when they were younger, they had trouble pronouncing grandma and grandpa, so just kind of stuck. I was like, yeah, I know how it happens. <laughs> um, but don't you want to correct him at some point? Because do you want your child to grow up to be a person who's on their first date and be like, yes, the uh, lady will have the paschetti? Yeah. Kids' speech impediments are adorable, not when they're fucking 29.
2: <laughs>
0: is this going well?
2: <laughs>
0: I do. I Seriously, 39 is the perfect place to be right in between those two generations I see the anger and the irritation on both sides. This dude on Facebook was like, before iPhones, we had skateboards. And I was like... Yeah, that's how before works. What what is your fucking point? We used to read newspapers, now we eat ass. Whatever, catch up, dude, you're alive. We're all alive. I don't know what you're trying to say. My favorite one is the uh, the trope of, uh, you know what's wrong with this country, is everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> Do you guys agree with the everybody gets a trophy idea? Yeah. You think that's ruining us? You think so? No. Do you really? I got a question for you, and I'm not going to put you on the spot. People think that part of the reason why the younger generation is lazy, they don't accomplish anything, is because, you know, everybody got a trophy back in the day. Like, everybody wins... So there's no competition. Is everybody familiar with this meme? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. We're all from a small town, right? Uh this is basically how Donald Trump won. How you voted for a fucking underdog who was born in a golden toilet. No, but like people seriously feel this way. They're like, you know, America used to be about competition, about working hard, about trying to be the best. And then we softened everybody. Because everybody gets a trophy. And I'm like, uh you know they're not scholarships, right? (laughs) Like, did you guys play sports and do, you know, debate and you know, all that type of shit? Like you get medals, you get trophies. Do you currently own them? (laughs) That would make you a psychopath if somebody, if you went to somebody's house and they're like, yeah, anyway, like, oh, we just got like a KitchenAid mixer, it's super dope, we can make like biscuits, we can also do this, like anyway, um, here's the Stingrays from 1997. Sure, you probably read about it in this week's newspapers. Uh, what is wrong with you? Like, who here played a sport and got a ribbon or a trophy for something? And at the end of that, did you think, like, I'm the best soccer player that's ever lived. I was there. I knew I fucking sucked at baseball. How stupid do you have to be to not realize that, like, it seems like the point is to run around the bases and I'm just sitting down eating gummy worms? (laughs) If your trophy taught me when I was 25, I don't have to try. That's on the fucking parents, not the trophies. I didn't show up at Ohio State and I was just like, hey, uh, 1996, youth soccer, uh, Stingrays, read them and weep, bitches, I'm an engineer now. It doesn't count in the adult world. The only people that are mad about third graders feeling nice for 18 minutes on a Sunday are dudes in their 50s who never got a fucking trophy for anything. So let's end this, let's end this charade. Give them what I assume they want, which is a Joe Montana football card collection filling up a Trans Am. I have no goddamn idea what they want. Do you want us to make a sign that says best pussy eater in the tri-state area? You can hang it over your desk at Napa Auto Parts. What do you want, Greg? With two Gs? Or Jeff with a G, I'm assuming? Tell us what you want. Let our, let our fucking 22 year- olds be happy. Why are you so mad? Um, I had a dude the other day. he was like, uh, and this you're going to love this one, so we'll just we'll, we'll give a moment for it. He was like, "Hey, I got a question. Just because I'm conservative means I can't like art." And I was like, "Yeah." You, dude. That's not for you. I don't know what to tell you. You get the money, we get the art. You get Donald Trump, we get Donald Glover. We'll take fucking Danny Glover too. Why are you mad? Rent wasn't called landlord for a reason. You don't get to have everything, man. Fucking idiot. Got called a libtard on Facebook in the last year, which is fun. uh, Cause it's a slur and a slur. So it's a nice double combo. (laughs) Um, Here's what I always want to respond with. Like for people who are conservative, which one are we? Are we libtards or are we goddamn diabolical geniuses? (laughs) Cause depending on what people are upset about on the conservative side, it can go either way. Either AOC is an idiot or she's the most giant threat to America. What is it gonna be? I've got your answer. Quit worrying about us. We don't have any guns. We're not gonna hurt you. We don't know how to operate firearms. It's mostly sarcasm. Just fucking move on. God damn it. Drinking a White Claw. I've never touched a gun. Some dude called me a big liberal pussy on Facebook, and it was the nicest thing anyone ever said to me. I still bask in that daily, yes. Uh, I know I keep talking a lot about Facebook, but that's where I mostly interact with conservative motorcycles, so... uh, (laughs) There's a bit of a language barrier because uh, they're a vehicle, and I'm a human with uh, empathy, so it does get tough. Here's my, uh, my, my rule, and maybe this is a trick you guys can deliver to other people if you have relatives that have trouble with this. Um, here's how you know. I know people struggle with the, the premise of white privilege. Here's how you know uh, white privilege means you should not be having a discussion about wealth inequality. Uh, and it's just one question. It's a one-question quiz. Uh, do you own a horse? <laughs> and if the answer is yes, then shut the fuck up. <laughs> You're allowed to own a horse, but you're not allowed to have discussions about America and wealth inequality. That's the way that works. Um, I try to do my own part to battle white privilege. Um, I try not to whistle in front of minorities. Uh, (laughs) Look, I'm not saying it's a rule y'all should have. I just mean like... (laughs) I feel like if I walk into a room and I'm the only white person and I look like this and I'm dressed like this, I'm just going, (laughs) it's fucking cocky. It just doesn't, it's not a good look. And maybe that's my own white insecurity, but I feel like people of other colors are just like, I fucking knew it. They're goddamn whistling all day. I'm so happy. Everything's so great for them. Oh, what else do we got here? Oh, yeah. Um, I want to talk about uh, another another person I saw. I saw this uh, clip on YouTube of this, uh, this guy who used to work in a coal mine in West Virginia. And he was talking to the, the TV news. And I, I really felt bad for him. I do. I feel bad for anybody who has lost their job. You have to change your whole life in general. And then he looked in the camera and he goes, What am I supposed to tell my wife and kids? And I was like, I don't know, tell him you're gonna put in an application at Walgreens like a fucking millennial would. Like, sorry, asshole. I don't want you to not lose your job, but the definition of entitlement is asking the president to bring back your job because you want it. Millennials have three and a half goddamn jobs and you're mad because they say "bay." (laughs) Probably you're in need of some perspective. This is so much more fun than when I did a barn show in my hometown where I had to lop off the last 13 minutes of my act. (laughs) This is about you. You you did this to me. Um, I had a friend who, and this friend is not racist and he's not conservative, but uh, this is kind of where you battle people in the center. Uh, I was talking about Black Lives Matter and he said, you know, like in general, I'm on board. I just feel like their message could be a little bit clearer. And I was like, it's in the name. (laughs) What else do you want? If you have an issue with Black Lives Matter, you have an issue with Black Lives mattering. That's pretty easy to figure out. What could be more controversial? Koreans love to bowl? I don't know. What organization... What are you upset about? I did a show um, in Logan, Ohio. Who here has been to Logan, Ohio? Yeah. I shouldn't say Logan, Ohio. It's more specific. Hideaway Hills. Who here has been to Hideaway Hills? You know what? Do you want to tell them what Hideaway Hills is? It's not quite the holla. Hideaway Hills is a gated community in the woods, but I still don't know how the fuck that works. I'm like, I could just drive around it.
2: Uh,
0: I feel like it's like... It's like for rich people in Columbus that are like all summer in Hocking County. And uh, I went and did a comedy show there once at the the Shelter House Restaurant Bar. It's kind of in the center of this community. And honestly, I shouldn't make fun of it. Everybody was super lovely. But there was one dude. There's always one dude over a comedy show that's just like, I don't know, he feels like that's his shot to like play one-on-one with Kobe. Except I'm not Kobe. I'm like fucking Shaq's brother, Derek. He's like, you know, people think I'm kind of funny. And you know, he's going to face off with me. And I'm like, no one wins here. Not me, not you, nothing. And he came up to me and he was like, hey, man, uh, can I tell you a joke? And about, I'd say, four seconds in, I realized it's a black joke. And I was like, you can just shut it down right now. That's not for me. And his response, uh, in the modern world of racist, I got to say, was like almost artistic. It was... Oh, the racism. And he goes, I said, hey, man, that's not for me. And he goes, oh, my bad. It's because I'm racist. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I've never had somebody like play off racism as if it was sleep apnea. Just like, hey, sorry, my bad. Yeah, sorry about that. But now i know what that guy sounds like when he snores it's a juice juice that's some sound humor for you um i uh i this is going to sound a little bit non-liberal but i i do i do support people's ability to own firearms with one extreme caveat because most of the time people say that they need to own guns because they want to feel safe safe from the government, safe from people around them. Uh, which usually my response is, that sounds cool, but uh, how many enemies, Derek, do you have to vanquish at Kroger? Maybe, <laughs> I don't know, if you're a white guy and you feel like in that much danger, maybe, I don't know, switch up your path a little bit. So here's my thought. You're allowed to have as you're allowed to carry a legal firearm because it's about your safety as long as you also have to carry a sword. It's called meeting people where they are. I won't try to dismiss your fear, so I will arm you with more things, and I feel like it will be helpful on so many levels. A, for me, it means I can walk into an Arby's and feel safe because this Ding Dong's got a sword clanging around. Well, he's trying to fill up his ketchup, so I'm like, cool, I'm gonna maybe go on the other side. (laughs) Why? Like, how... how dangerous do you think your life is? Like, why are all these people being like, if somebody comes into my house, I got something for them? Like, nobody talks to you ever. No (laughs) one's... No one's ever looked at you. You're more than likely to shoot someone than be shot. That's probably why you're doing this. All right, that's sad. All right. Uh, that's a whiskey. Huh? Three mics, Travis Avesher. We'll see it on Netflix. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to end this. How are you guys doing? Are you guys enjoying this? All right. good. I'll, uh, I'll end on a few, a few of these. Um, some of these are weird. Um, I've got some... As a 39-year-old, not a millennial, not an older person, I do feel like I should offer some solutions to longstanding or modern problems because I can't just sit up here and make fun of other people. So I do have a couple of solutions. One is about sexual harassment, specifically in the workplace. I think I have the perfect, the perfect way to make it stop. And it's going to sound weird, but you guys will be with me by the end of it. I think that all men should be required to go into work wearing no pants. <laughs> Purely bottomless policy. And if you guys don't understand where I'm coming from, think about this. What dude, even the most confident Don Draper wannabe, could get by with his stupid, like, hey, I hope you had a good weekend, oh, you look good, with his dumbass dick hanging out? <laughs> no pants, no underwear. Just some guy named Kevin leans on your desk (laughs) and his stupid, flaccid ball sack just brushes up against your desk. He can't, he has no confidence. He can't do anything to you. Sexual harassment will be gone by Thursday. Friday, every woman can put on a Hawaiian shirt, ask for a raise and say, fuck you, we're winning now. Now, if that doesn't work, I want to go to my second option, which I want to see, which is when a man sexually harasses a woman, there's just an alarm goes off and everyone goes down to the parking garage. We pull out an eight-foot basketball hoop and the woman gets to dunk on that man. That's the only, I think that's a prime embarrassment for a modern man. Just like a... People from other businesses will come around. Just like, dude, Sheila's going to dunk on Travis. All right, cool. Yeah, just... Get it to whatever level is good for her. That's the one thing that makes sense. Told you I had solutions. Um, I also, uh, maybe it's not the one to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right, all right. I do believe that we should be teaching our daughters and young women to be whatever they want, except for princesses, because that's not real. Uh, I feel like if we're going to teach. Girls, that they can be princesses. We should be more realistic and say, like, it's more likely you'll be a prison wife. Uh, <laughs> I don't want either one of those things, is my point. There are still women that write letters to serial killers in prison. We don't know how they got there. Was it frozen? I don't know. Well, you make the call. Could be. <laughs>
2: I'll
0: leave you guys with this. You guys have been amazing. Round of applause for yourselves and Mal. Lampshade Media. If you couldn't tell by now, like I said, uh, I'm a big liberal pussy from Western Ohio. I grew up on a hog farm, have a bachelor's degree. Uh, I have uh, empathy so and a conscience, so that's how I figured out my politics. Uh, that's me. Um, I love that uh, most of the racism that I find comes to me via social media. And there's this weird overlapping Venn diagram of the amount of people who say problematic shit and also send me requests for Candy Crush and Facebook games. It is nearly a fucking eclipse. It is almost one circle. Um, So the last time one of those people sent me an invite uh, for FarmVille, I didn't say no. I said yes. And I proceeded to build a mosque right in the center of that bitch. That's it for me, everybody. Thank you so much. Give it up for everybody you've seen tonight and yourselves.
1: All right. Give it up again for Travis. Jesus Christ. Hey, remember to check out Olivia at uh, k thanks by on September 13th and up front, and Walter at Second Tuesdays at, uh, at Ace of Cups, and Travis every Wednesday at eight at Little Rock, because these, uh, these motherfuckers are killing it out there. Right now, what we're about to do, and I'm very excited because I am now good and whiskey drunk, which is completely on brand for me. I, I held off until the third act, and I'm very happy with myself about that. I have self-control. But right now, I'm going to relinquish all of my self-control and give it to all of you. All of my self-control. You can do whatever you want with it. No, seriously, <laughs> ask all the weird questions you got. I know you've been thinking about them. I know you've been thinking about it. All right. All right. We are about to do some Q&A. You guys ready for that? Woo-hoo! All right. All right. I'd like to welcome back to the stage Walti Yosef, Olivia Smith, and Travis Hoisher. Hey, Wisher, God damn it. God damn it, I even wrote it phonetically. Well, you all know I'm already whiskey drunk, so I'm going to call him whatever the fuck I want, really. So, here are the rules of Q&A. We have, we're going to get rid of this mic stand. It is no longer necessary at all, because what we have here, you've you've heard of this, uh, you know, you pass an item around and you're only allowed to use it, or you're only allowed to talk when you have the item. Again, whiskey drunk. Um... This microphone is the talking stick. If you're talking without the microphone, it is all worthless to me, and I don't care about you. And I'm actually annoyed by you. So, anyway, I'm very, yeah, I'm very harsh. (laughs) Very harsh. I just want to drive the point home, you know? But in any case, in any case, I have a question, because we were talking earlier on the patio about some awkward... uh, 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 experiences with doing uh, stand-up. So I'm going to start with Travis because he's already so hot and on fire from his set. What is the most awkward, and by the way, before I finish this question, you're all next, okay? The pressure's fucking on, all right? Have your fucking questions ready. Jesus Christ, what are we doing? Anyway, Travis, what is the most awkward comedic experience you've had?
0: Uh, most awkward ever they're all fucking awkward. Um Probably the, probably uh doing a house show where we were <laughs> we were booked. We were booked by uh, We were booked by a friend to go do comedy at her sister's place We thought it was her place and it was a pool party at her sister's house And we showed up there like ready to roll on a Sunday afternoon And we were doing jello shots and there were kids everywhere And I said, what should we do? And she was like, you just do what you do. (laughs) And the way she said that should have indicated to me that uh, I should abort entirely. But I didn't because we got paid. (laughs) So the day ended with um, all of us doing comedy nearby the diving board. And then one of our comedians pushing it so far that another random person in the house said, you're done. In the middle of his set, he said, you're done. And this was his response. We couldn't hear the other person. He said, what? I'm done? Oh man. Do I still get paid? Cool, I gotta pee. And then he cannonballed into that person's pool. <laughs> Which was amazing enough, but it also is not like how it happens in the movies, where like no one was like, hell yeah, and they jumped in. No one moved a muscle, so we just kind of like paddled really softly to the edge of the pool and then got out. And then we, and then we ate some barbecue, and then we got in our car and we went home. <laughs> yeah, do it up, Walter. Do, do it up. So, most awkward comedy set, Yeah,
1: was... yeah, doing stand-up.
4: Okay. Um, I went home for Thanksgiving or I went to see my family in Michigan. It's like extended family. And like, my mom is a big fan of my comedy. She won't come to my shows because you've heard my jokes. So <laughs> my family doesn't come to my shows, but my mom supports me from afar. And she told her relatives, it was like, oh, my daughter does stand up. And then they asked me to tell a joke. And and I was like, I don't think it's family friendly. And they're like, no, we're we're all adults here. I'm like, that's not what, that's not what it's about, like,
0: they they always say that, and it's never true,
4: like, do you have any videos, I'm like, yeah, but you guys are hidden from it, They're like, tell us a joke, um, I don't remember which joke I told, but, like, I don't, I don't think I have any clean jokes, but, like, that's not, like, it's not, like, clean or dirty, I'm just, like, this is what I think about, and so, like, I just told them a joke, and, like, and just like very polite faces. They're like, oh, OK, that's funny, huh? <laughs> Invite us to your next show. I was like, I'm oh. not coming to Thanksgiving again. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they, they don't see this. <laughs> pass it on.
3: I'm oh, sorry, I um, The first ever open mic, an open mic is basically where you go sign up and do comedy. Um, the first time I ever went to an open mic, I walked on stage, sat down in front of the mic, and some dude in the audience yelled, Titties! <laughs> so, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life at this point? I was like, ride with a girl. So I was like, penis! Like, what is the joke? And, and that was it. That's you
1: know you're home. Yeah, true. I it home. I was like, who's got who's got a question? All right, we got to angelina you are you are closest to me ben i'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up next.
4: This question is for Olivia, and I was just wondering uh what your favorite form of biphobia
1: is? Oh boy, here we go. My
3: favorite part of biphobia is. The fact that like, you wear them on your nose, and you can see both far and close. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably my favorite form of biphobia.
2: <laughs> 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 All
1: right. And uh, can you compete with that? <laughs> uh,
2: I, just, I, I don't know.
1: I, this is a one-part question. Uh, Three-part answer, one-part question. Uh, favorite heckle, starting from the left. Oh, we got a three-part question. All right, here we go.
0: Favorite heckle. This sounds like you fucking like heckling. Were you the one I heard say, like, is heckling okay? Damn it. Favorite heckle. I, I mean, okay, this might be a slight detour, but I don't think so. I am still thoroughly amazed, because I understand that after 20 years of stand-up comedy, most people don't have a, as much experience as we do but when somebody talks a lot during a show, I will tell them pretty politely to stop talking, whether it's my show or somebody else's, because it has to be done. And their response always is like, "Oh they're always so nice, or I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry, I didn't know. I'm like, how did you not know? They built a little elevated platform for people to stand on. They gave them an amplified device. Like, how do you, you, I know you know this. I know you know this because you don't go into a hotel and there's somebody at a podium at an insurance convention talking. You're just like, what's up, dude? I fucking love it here. Like, it's a pretty easy thing to understand. So that's my favorite heckles. People are like, I didn't know heckling was bad. Yes, you did.
4: Okay, uh, my favorite heckle. One time I was at an open mic just telling jokes and this guy in the front row was like, can I get your number? And I was like, hold on. And then I told a joke about like, the way to a man's heart is by stabbing him. (laughs) (laughs) And then afterwards, like, do you want my number? He's like, no. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um,
3: I'm too drunk to remember my worst tackle, but I will tell you that nothing, can ever outweigh the look of shame in my father's eyes as he sat in the audience and watched me tell a joke about having a man come on my chest.
1: <laughs> I felt like we weren't gonna get through Q and A without hearing "come on your chest." <laughs>
3: what, what does that say about me? That's up to you to
1: decide. <laughs> All right, who's next? Ooh. Don't put me on the spot like that. So, so you you you, you might have uh, yeah, exactly. So you might have already answered this question. But have you ever told a joke and immediately thought after, maybe I shouldn't have told people that? Yeah. What what is that? All right, uh, Olivia wants to answer this question, but she doesn't have the talking stick. So she's she's learning about patience right now as I continue to blather on.
3: I'm sorry, but are you assuming I regretted talking about having a man come on my chest in front of my father? Because I did not.
2: The joke got a laugh. <laughs> and,
3: and that's all I crave is attention, so.
2: Answer <laughs>
0: well yeah I mean you'd be you'd be a fucking weirdo if everything you said you're like that's all genius so just let the (laughs) let the audience figure it out like no that's the whole point is that we're trying to kind of do this weird dance where you're like can we say something that's very relatable but that's sort of weird at the same time without it being like wrong on both sides does that make sense or it's like yeah I mean I've I've only regretted saying shit that didn't get a laugh (laughs) If everybody fucking laughs, that shit counts.
4: Especially if it was something
0: that happened to me.
4: No, because, like, in your head, you're like, I think this is funny. And then you go say it, and, like, you don't get a response. And then you're like, okay, that was not funny. Yeah. And then also, um, my joke about how, like, racism is taught. I wish I could have taken that class. I regret that half the times I say it. (laughs) For what it's worth.
1: All right. You got you got you got one more.
3: I was just gonna say I don't get anything. Realize, realize, realize. I don't. It's freestyle jazz, baby. No rules, just right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: All right, everybody else. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're looking for right there. Those hands in the air.
3: Yeah. Um. Uh, has there ever been a time, sorry, more serious, um, has there ever been a time where you like had to take a break from comedy, and if so, what brought you back?
1: Oh boy, oh boy. we're getting deep.
0: <laughs> yeah, I take a break from comedy about once every six months and what brings me back is money. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I take a break every now and then, because I'm like, I can't think of anything new. Everyone has already heard everything. And then I miss people, and I don't know. And I, st- I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I've done everything. I, like I can't think of anything more. But then I miss my friends. I miss the scene. And then, and eventually it comes back. It always comes back. Like it's never gone away completely. You know. It's like yeah, it's a, a season, seasonal, yeah.
3: I often take breaks from comedy because I go to open mics and can hear three separate groups of white men all talking about podcast ideas.
2: But what, a,
3: what yeah. What what inevitably brings me back what inevitably brings me back is my insatiable need for attention. Insatiable. God damn it.
1: Oh, uh, we're all drunk. <laughs> Hey, hey, listening public, my roommate has a question.
2: <clears throat>
1: is there ever a time that you're not thinking of a joke? Like at like a funeral or something? <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> this, is, this one might be easy for some people.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, my thoughts are not constantly consumed by fucking like zingers. <laughs> that would that would mean you're not a very good person or participating in life but no everything is everything is fodder for humor because that's what makes us human like some of the funniest shit that's ever happened to me or around me is around some of the wildest shit or like the darkest shit like there's just it's like a it's like a sneeze like a sneeze like hurts but it feels good like that's the way fucking like comedy is to me it's like Okay, somebody might get like a, a winner across, and it's like I think this might be needed in this moment of levity, and it you'll do it, and it might not work, and that is terrible. <laughs> but if it but if it works, it's something that people will remember forever. Like providing some little bit of levity or some little bit of like humanity in like a really terrible, like sort of grievous situation is awesome.
4: Yeah, um, t- and to piggyback on that a little bit, like. You uh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Good point. But you know, you first. like if something is like, I don't know, like, I don't want to bring people down, you know, like, I'm like, th- this is what I experienced. I don't know, just like whenever, if someone asked me, how was your day? Like, I'll tell them what happened, but like, not you know, just like in a jovial way, I don't know, I feel like just in general, I'm just like, I try not to bring people down as much, even though I'm gonna tell them about how I had a terrible day, but like in the nicest way possible. And like, hopefully I'll make them laugh while I tell them about this terrible thing. And like, it's how I think. I'm so sorry, I
3: genuinely forget the question, so pass.
4: <laughs>
1: do, you, do you ever regret, Wait, 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 wait. Go, go ahead, Tyson, say it again. Livia, we're doing it again. Oh, God. Is there ever a time that you're not thinking of a joke? Like oh, at a funeral you know. or, you know, a christening. <laughs> <laughs> Say more examples.
3: Say more examples. A sacrifice. A sacrifice. More examples. Um, yeah, I'm usually not thinking of zingers during sex. And um, one time I tried to kill myself. And when I... <laughs>
0: and when I where's my fucking
3: point yeah yeah, exactly I was literally in the hospital and my mom was there with me and I said you gotta look at it for what it is fresh stand up material and she got really upset with
2: me (laughs) so yes I am
3: constantly thinking of fresh (laughs) zingers
1: I loved watching your mom while you told that story that was cat. Yeah, that was amazing. Love
0: you. <laughs> I heard something actually sort of in there. Oh, you office. want to, Yeah, go know, ahead. Man. Like there's a there's a person that uh my parents were friends with and like he sadly passed away. He had cancer. And he was a partier, there's no other way to say that. Like he was a good time guy. Like he was fun. And we had no idea that he wanted the hair for his funeral to be like a Catholic mass. So we all went to his Catholic Mass, and it was so bizarre. I mean, like, there's no other way to say it. It was like a David Sedaris situation, like essay. We were just like, this guy, he had he had the backup Catholic priest. It wasn't the main one. I know that because he said that. He was like, yeah, sorry, I used to be the main priest here, but I'm uh, retired. But anyway, uh, Pat's on vacation, so I'm filling in. And this is this man's funeral, and he starts talking all this stuff about how he's this lovely child of God, and in the back row, all of us that knew him were just elbowing each other constantly and being like, holy shit, no he's not. <laughs> like, we got so much joy and such a great memory out of being like, this guy is fucking all wrong. That, like, it, it it produced a memory that was much more, like, natural and funny than the actual thing trying to be made. So, like, yeah, there's always that little bit of, like, it's not a gallows humor. It's just sort of, like, there's always something to be done in the back of the room. Like, uh, we actually kind of understand this better than y'all do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I need y'all to think about something real weird and funny because I need you to pick it back up after what I'm about to ask. Like, with... With that subject about, like, like you know, these dark situations and thinking about something funny about it, like, do you ever feel a weight or a responsibility uh, uh, for, like, helping people see themselves in a different way? Because I feel like comedians make me realize how humble I should be a lot of times. You know what I mean and 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 you can't answer me right now cuz I got the talking stick and you don't. But I feel like <laughs> comedians make me think about myself in a way that is enlightening and humbling and because I'm fucking ridiculous. Do you ever feel a responsibility for that in any way? Uh, Walter wants to take that.
4: Oh no, you give us too much credit. We're just dumb fucks just like, "Oh, I think this is good and fucking <laughs> speak it out into the world." It's, okay. That's just me.
0: Yep. Like, I went ziplining once, and people had <laughs> and people had no idea how much of a fear I was overcoming while I was doing it. And I was like, who, who here has done this for the first time? And everyone was like. <laughs> and at the end of it, we like were talking, and I was like, oh my god, I overcame this fear. And I, I told them that I did stand up. And they were like, I can never speak in front of people. <laughs> I was like, I'll fucking do a 40 minute set right now instead of having to almost shit my pants. <laughs> On this canopy tour in Delaware, Ohio. So, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's part of just what we do. It's not like meant to be this like overly like, oh, it's so natural. It is a weird thing, but like you're just compelled to do it and you're kind of wired that way.
3: I did not know who Elon Musk was until 9 calendar months ago. Do not idolize us. We are pieces of shit. Do not do not idolize us. We suck. We're idiots.
0: a poster says do not
3: idolize us. Do not idolize us. Recognize the pieces of shit that we are. God bless America.
1: <laughs> all right. All right. We Catherine, let's let's hear your question.
3: Are there any subjects that you will never
2: talk about on stage? Mm. Oh,
1: this could get uh,
0: interesting. It's really, truly, is very empty
1: all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give it, yeah,
0: give it to the fucking white guy who looks like it's essentially a hot dog in clothes. <laughs> um, no, there is no subject that is off limits. The difference... I, Okay, I kind of fucking hate being academic about comedy, and I extra hate that I like talking about it. (laughs) It's probably mostly not interesting, but topics are not off-limits. Tones and objectives are off-limits. Like, it always should be about, like, who is being made fun of? If you're making fun of the perpetrators of violence, cool. If you're making fun of the victims of violence, not cool. So, it's not about topics. And that's why sometimes, like, I mean, I didn't do it tonight, but like, I do some pretty, really raw jokes about Catholics. And people react like I'm doing a joke that's making light of, like, abuse. It's not. It's because abuse makes me so angry that I want to make fun of abusers. So, that topic to me is not off limits, but you have to do it in a way that, like, brings people in i still haven't figured it out yet because i say here's catholic and then i say abuse they're like "Mm, mm, and everybody just runs out the door so but it's not topics to me it's tone and it's who are you making who's the protagonist who's the antagonist like who's getting shit on versus like who's the the uh the hero of the story
4: again to piggyback on that no but like okay so you can talk about anything but like If you're going to talk about something uncomfortable, just do it like with, do it in such a way that the person who heard it will not regret having heard you talk about this thing. You know, you can talk about anything, but just make sure you take people to the good place afterwards. Like, this is very vague, but like, no subject is off limits, but like, just handle it with class and finesse. You know, you don't have to be crass, but like, if you have something smart and something insightful, like you can talk about anything and just be good about how you do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is also a sort of trigger back.
3: I'm too drunk to speak real words, but I have genuine <laughs> thoughts. Um, this is this is also to piggyback off what Travis said. I very much believe in the concept of punching up versus punching down, and I think a joke is all... I think anything, genuinely anything, can be made funny, A, if you're clever and think about it in a unique way, and B, if your joke is punching up, which means you're basically giving power to the people who are on the bottom in that case. So, like, if you're telling a joke about racism that's just making fun of the people who are victims of racism then like fuck yourself that's not a good joke but if you're making fun of racists like travis said that's what you want to do you're punching up and giving the power to the oppressed and um i was gonna say something else um yeah i think you have to you have to be funny like I think it's good to talk about genuine, important topics and uncomfortable topics using in comedy. It's an art form that you can use to, like, say something. But I don't think your mission should be, I'm going to use my comedy and I'm going to preach to these people. You know, I think your mission, number one, should always be be funny if this is the art form you choose. So anything can be made funny if you're fucking clever and smart enough to, like, make it funny. But just focus on that, I feel like, rather than, like, I'm gonna make a difference with my comedy, and this is gonna speak my truth. You know, just make people fucking laugh. We all just want, I think it was Harris Whittle said, like, motherfuckers just wanna laugh. Like, we come to comedy a lot for a fucking escape from things, and sometimes we don't wanna think about all that, and if you bring it up in a funny way, great, because in a way, we're still escaping from it because we're laughing and feeling good, but, like, it's not a TED Talk. It's a fucking stand-up comedy show. (laughs) which I have now turned into a Ted talk. Thank you All so right, much right for, out. thank you, 10X. Thank you so much for attending.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. I got one last question for you and we're going to close this thing out. And I got to tell you guys, the show is over, but the party is not. So <laughs> if you've been here before, you know that. But my last, my last question is what is the, uh, what is your favorite? Most stupid joke. Your most Aww. favorite stupid joke. That is my drunkest question ever.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's cliche as a source material, but I don't care. It's Mitch Hedberg. I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to, too. (laughs) It's the most efficient joke ever written in the modern era, and it's stupid, and it's smart, and I love it.
4: That is a really good joke. I fucking love Mitch Hedberg. But my favorite dumb joke is a joke that I tell. I'm gonna tell it to you guys. I know, I'm that person, yeah. But has anyone here ever had a poop? Okay, no one, okay, so. So no one will get the shit, I guess, I don't know. And then just even more poop puns, okay. I won't subject you to that. I also thought you meant
3: our joke, so sure. I thought about one of mine, so I can't okay. think okay. of a different one, but my favorite horrible cheese joke I've ever written, which is still one of my favorite jokes I've ever written, was um, my sister was telling me about this woman called Typhoid Mary, and they blame everyone, her for giving everyone Typhoid. And I'm like, well, what would you expect when you named her Typhoid Mary? That
0: you I thought you started it.
3: I, yeah, but he told I
0: told somebody his else's. We his yeah. Oh. Oh God. shit! I gotta
1: remember.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you guys are gonna hang around, I can just open up my iPhone notes.
1: <laughs> Tell me your stupidest. Joke. Yeah. Uh,
0: oh, there's a lot of the stupid ones I've written down. i do not if I ever remember them. Um, let me think. Uh. Fucking no! I'll remember it later. Yeah, sorry. Don't have it. Don't have it. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, if you are here September 13th, you'll be able to hear the comedian's stupidest joke on, our, on my on my back deck. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for coming. Give it up again for Travis and Walton and Olivia. Woo! Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. And keep your eyes and ears out for what we're uh, what we're putting out here at Lampshade Media. Thank you very much for coming out. Like I said, the show is over. The party is not.
0: <laughs> Produced by Lampshade Media. Edited by Tyson Shipman. Music by Tyson Shipman. Voiceover by Austin Hoover. And Mel did things too. Special thanks to Donnie Mossman and Griffin Browning for graphic design, Catherine Smith for photography. And Paddy Wagon Food for sponsoring our live events.